Ready to find your next favorite podcast? Spotify makes it easier than ever to discover new favorites by previewing short audio clips before committing to a full listen. You can even watch some podcasts with video or just keep playing audio in the background. It's everything you want in one app. Music, podcasts, and audiobooks across any device. Play anytime, anywhere, any way you'd like with Spotify. Try today. Today is Friday, February 21st, 2020. On this day in 1942, German-born Bernard Julius Otto Kuhn was convicted of spying for the Japanese. His espionage led to the devastating World War II attack on Pearl Harbor. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the World War II espionage of Bernard Kuhn, who worked closely with his stepdaughter to collect intelligence on American fleet movements in Pearl Harbor. Let's go back to February 21, 1942. Forty-seven-year-old German expat Bernard Julius Otto Kuhn stood before an American military tribunal in Honolulu, Hawaii. A jury of uniformed officers eyed him from the bench as the judge announced his sentence. For spying on U.S. military operations and sharing that intel with the Japanese, Bernard Kuhn was condemned to death by firing squad. Court was adjourned. Bernard maintained his composure, despite the crushing sentence. But the next day, he got news that cracked his stony facade. His 22-year-old stepdaughter, Ruth Kuhn, was also going to be tried on charges of espionage. And if the truth came out, Bernard knew that she would be sentenced to death as well. The journey to this moment began back in 1935, when Bernard Kuhn was a man on the rise in Germany. A respected veteran from World War I, Bernard was also a medical doctor who hobnobbed with many high-ranking Nazis. The doctor's own attributes, however, often paled next to those of his 15-year-old stepdaughter, Ruth. She was bright, beautiful, and adventurous, traits that endeared her to many of Bernard's acquaintances. To his dismay, they even attracted the notice of Minister of Propaganda, Josef Goebbels. Bernard knew that Goebbels was a married man, not to mention more than 20 years older than his stepdaughter, yet he felt he could do nothing to deny such a powerful figure. Ruth, meanwhile, thought she'd bagged a major catch, and being a 15-year-old, couldn't help but tell everyone about her love affair with the powerful Nazi. This was a mistake. It made her, and by extension the whole Kuhn family, a matter of national concern. Goebbels' young lover was embarrassing, and potentially a liability. 
In mid-1935, Bernard was informed that the fatherland needed his service in Honolulu, Hawaii. It was four years before World War II, but the Germans were already looking to form an alliance with Japan. The Japanese, in turn, were seeking ways to expand their empire, and they needed light-skinned English speakers in Hawaii to get them information. Although Bernard did speak English, he probably knew that wasn't why he'd been given the job. He and his family were being shipped off to keep Ruth away from Josef Goebbels. Turning down the job was not an option. He arrived on the islands in the summer of 1935 with his wife, six-year-old son, and Ruth. Bernard claimed to be a linguist studying Japanese and Hawaiian culture. Ruth found a place for herself as Bernard's helper, a bright young woman interested in regional history. Together, father and stepdaughter traveled all over Hawaii, getting the lay of the land for Germany's Japanese friends. The thrill of spying was incredible, especially for adventurous young Ruth. She became addicted to the game, and she hungered for more. She started attending dances at naval clubs all over the island and made friends with a number of officers who she coquettishly questioned about their bases, their schedules, and their orders. Everything she learned, she passed on to Bernard, in turn, he relayed the intel to the Japanese consulate and collected their pay. The intel Ruth and Bernard collected so impressed their allies that around 1941, they were summoned to meet Japan's vice consul, Otojiro Okuda. Okuda told the father-stepdaughter team that his country needed detailed information on the movements of the American fleet in and around Pearl Harbor. Ruth was confident they could deliver the goods. She'd recently gotten engaged to an American naval officer, and she was certain that she could charm him into telling her anything the Japanese wanted to know. Bernard, on the other hand, wasn't comfortable with the mission. As a former intelligence officer, he knew this kind of data was sometimes used to plan an attack. And if the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, his family would be endangered in more ways than one. Ruth, however, was determined to complete the assignment. She negotiated the fee herself, $40,000 for the intel, almost $700,000 today. Bernard couldn't say no. Coming up, the consequences of Bernard and Ruth's actions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go 
down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the story. In 1941, German national Bernard Kuhn and his stepdaughter Ruth provided Japan with intelligence on the movements of the American fleet in and around Pearl Harbor for a hefty fee. The consequences would be devastating. On Sunday, December 7, 1941, Bernard rose early to take his son Hans to Sunday school. On his way back to their Pearl Harbor home, he heard planes droning overhead. Then there were flashes of light above the harbor. Next, a boom and plumes of smoke. This was the result of their intel. Japan was destroying the fleet, thereby pulling the U.S. into World War II. That meant the Americans would soon be knocking on the Kuhn family door. Bernard had an out, coordinated with the Japanese in preparation for just this sort of emergency. He and his family would flee to Tokyo, where new lives awaited them. But it would only work if they could get off the island immediately, amidst the chaos of the bombing, which, it turned out, they couldn't. Less than a day later, American officials barged into the Kuhn's home, Vice Counsel Okuda had attempted to burn incriminating documents at the consulate, but they'd stopped him just in time. Among the paperwork they retrieved was a detailed report of Bernard and Ruth's intelligence. Bernard immediately claimed responsibility. He told officials that he did all the work himself and that his family knew nothing about it. Unconvinced, the Americans took Bernard, Ruth, and Friedel into custody. On February 21, 1942, less than three months after the bombing, Bernard was tried by a military tribunal. He was found guilty of espionage and condemned to death by musket fire. A dark end. But at first, Bernard felt this was a win. Surely if he was being sentenced to death, it meant they blamed him for the espionage, not Ruth. However, the next day, he found that his stepdaughter was to be tried as well. At last, he lost his composure. Bernard begged U.S. intelligence officers to set Ruth free, claiming she was nothing more than an innocent young woman. At first, his audience remained unmoved, but then Bernard offered to tell them everything he knew, at which point they became very interested indeed. We don't know exactly what Bernard told American officials behind closed doors, but we do know that shortly after this conversation, Ruth and Friedel were released from custody. They were sent to an internment camp to wait out the remainder of the war. When it ended in 1945, they were deported to Germany. As for Bernard, his sentence was mercifully reduced from execution to 50 years hard labor. 
After 13 years in U.S. custody, he was ultimately sent back to his family and a post-war Germany to face the aftermath of the war he had helped put into motion. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Aaron Larson, and Joel Stein. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Megan Dane, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 